Hello, it's Jack here from Episode Party, letting you know that we're doing a request special later on this year, 2018. And we'd like your podcast recommendations in order to discuss them, have a chat about them. We'd love to hear what you're listening to. Um, Freddie, if people want to get in touch and tell us about podcasts that we should be listening to so that we can discuss them on the podcast, what should they be doing? So, Jack, what we need people to do is to record a voice memo with their recommendation. You've heard the show, and if you haven't heard the show, you're about to hear the show. (laughs) And give us a line about what your recommendation is and why you love it. Record a voice memo and then email it to hello at episode.party. If you send it over as a voice memo, we'll safely assume that you're cool for us to play it out on the show when we record it at the end of the year. If you prefer that we didn't play your voice out on air, then you can just send us a email, a standard plain text email with your recommendation instead. We'll probably give you a little shout out, but because you haven't sent us your voice, we've got no way of playing your voice out. And if we did, that'd be really creepy. <laughs> Um, but we'd, we'd just love to get as many different recommendations from listeners as possible and we'll do our best to get through as many as possible ready for our end of year show fabulous yeah we'll have a chow down on all your recommendations so get in touch thanks and enjoy the show Welcome to Episode Party, the podcast where we talk about our favourite podcasts. I'm Jack Tudor. I'm Freddie Harrison. And today, our guest is the wonderful Zachary Corsa, who is a sound adventurer. Zachary, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So we're going to talk about some podcasts as always. Freddie's going to kick off the recommendations today. Freddie, what's your recommendation today? My recommendation uh, is a podcast uh, by Loud and Quiet magazine called uh, Midnight Chats. Loud and Quiet seem to bag some really, really good guests by virtue of the fact that they're quite strong in the music journalism game. Uh, So there were plenty to choose from and actually looking through it's been a while since i've really listened to the podcast properly but um there are even more really really good guests that i could have picked from on here now and i'm i'm looking through and seeing a bunch that i need to listen to um but i guess the reason i chose this was because I feel like a lot of music journalism uh, is full of hyperbole and, uh, you know, overblown storytelling and trying to create legends. I sat right here. (laughs) I know, I know, I know. But you got to, you know what I mean. Um, And I just feel like Midnight Chats is the kind of antithesis to it all, where it's, it's very laid back. It's very chilled, almost to the point where at times it, it gets a little boring, but there's something I really like about this. Something very calming about a really, really uh, chilled conversation. And that's not to say that it's not interesting. There's some really, really interesting moments in it. There's some less interesting moments. There's bits that I, I don't relate to in any way, shape or form. But I just liked how relaxed it was as a conversation. I guess in the sense that, you know, when you do chat to someone at midnight, you're not really on top form or super hyped up and i think that's kind of reflected in the podcast Mm. so the episode i chose was uh one with gold panda 
a musician who I n- knew relatively little about beyond hit the music that he produces. So it was really interesting to kind of uh, find out about the person behind the music. And that sounds ridiculous because when you listen to the podcast, there's nothing particularly abnormal or special about the guy in any particular way. But uh, it's almost comforting to know that he... That, uh, people who you kind of admire the work of are still relatively normal people and have relatively normal problems and uh, live relatively normal lives outside of the the work that they produce and there's something uh, kind of comforting about that and maybe in a way I I don't know aspirational that you 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 know that you don't have to be a superhuman to to go off and create good work Um, so I kind of like that I like that it kind of strips people back to their kind of human level rather than being put on this pedestal as uh, a musician that's that kind of has godlike status above us all i kind of like that about the podcast and maybe i'm getting too philosophical here but that's what i enjoyed about it i love that it was really chill jack what what did you think yeah i really enjoy the title of this podcast because i think it really sets up a great objective for the podcast which is to have like a different kind of interview and a different kind of conversation with musicians i think you kind of alluded to the fact already that when you're chatting at midnight perhaps you're moving away from the obvious topics people are a little drowsy a bit looser and different kinds of questions come in it's not so much about the main focal point that you might expect that person to be quizzed on it becomes about those circumferential aspects of that person's life those that person's interests as well i mean i seem to remember the gold panda one it's been a while since i listened to this but he seems to love early nights which obviously runs in direct opposition to his status as someone who operates on the dance scene which is great i mean he had the opportunity to just express his exasperation about the fact that he couldn't be in bed at a good time i've also checked out a few of the others as well i think it's definitely a podcast where if you know the music then you will get so much more out of listening to these podcasts i i don't know if it's one for someone to just dive in and get a feel for someone they haven't heard of because i, th- I think it really does recontextualize the music um by hearing more about the person otherwise it's just a chat with a person you know so i i also listened to a, a great one the other night with john hopkins where he talks a lot about it was on the eve i think of his first album getting a vinyl release so it's a lot about his headspace in the early days of him making music and coming off the back of being a keyboard player for Imogen Heap and just finding his feet as a musician and I thought the host as you've said Freddie as well super relaxed they seem to have a really nice conversation there's a lot of the host in it as well which I really like and that's more reflective I think of a chat rather than an interview the host will bring in their own anecdotes there was another one I've I'm just listening to actually about um, Blank Mass where he talks about, you know, they swap Michael Jackson anecdotes about times where they've seen Michael Jackson live, and it's great, you know. And uh, the point at which it comes back to actually talking about the music itself feels organic. It almost reminds me of that podcast, The Nerdist, where they basically endeavour to talk about anything but that central thing they're doing a press junket for. But once they return to that initial topic of discussion, they feel rejuvenated because they've got their through an, an organic conversational means so yeah i thought this was great about learning more about the musician and not in like a smash hits kind of way where it's like what's your favorite vegetable and what's your superpower you know if you could have one or anything like that it was it was nice 
I wanted some of them to be a bit deeper. The John Hopkins one got to a level of depth that I really wanted from these conversations. Gold Panda and also Thundercat was another one I listened to. Skirted the surface just a little too much, but otherwise enjoyed it. Uh, Zachary, what do you reckon? Well, you know, and this is funny too, but um, Derwin's voice really surprised me. Um, You have these (laughs) assumptions from people's music of how their speaking voice would sound. Um, especially when they're instrumental artists. But somehow his, his tone of voice and manner of speaking really surprised me. He has a real, like, I'm just a dude kind of vibe about him. <laughs> yeah, I appreciated that. I have it written down here in my notes that perhaps it's the point of the format of this podcast, but I like the laid-back nature of the interview. Mm. So it wasn't as... um. I guess charged with a sort of like intrigue and expectations as a lot of interviews go that like that press versus artist kind of dynamic was really absent. And mm-hmm. without that barrier, I liked the the interplay. Um, I liked that I learned more about Gold Panda as a person, even if I learned less necessarily as an about him as an artist, but there's, there's places for that. Yeah. I, I felt the objective here was different. Um, I found him an engaging character that I enjoyed passing the time with. Having artists that you listen to like be des- demystified a bit seems to bother people, but <laughs> I really enjoyed hearing that somebody like this dude, you know, just watches Jason Statham films like any other idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It makes me admire his work more, I guess, that somebody can have so many distinct facets and compartmentalized so much being american i wasn't familiar with the essex boy stereotype (laughs) i found that really interesting too um we certainly have our own examples of these things even just here within memphis um Mm. so that's a very we are the world kind of moment i guess um i guess more more along the line of debunking stereotypes i was pretty surprised about his uh kind of hardline stance against smoking weed having heard and been a fan of his music that surprised me but i guess yeah. you know people surprise you so um i i enjoyed hearing him discuss field recording because i use a lot of field recording in my work so um yeah i i just i came away from it just with the feeling that this was somebody that i like enjoyed hanging out with basically yeah i um i'm, I'm glad I'm glad you all kind of got something similar to what I got out of it. That's rare on episode party <laughs> of late, but you, you're, you're, you're totally right. It, it becomes really, really interesting. And it's funny what you, you think you kind of, you build a picture of what someone's going to be like uh, based on their work and their music. And then you find out about these things like the, um, the, the smoking weed thing stuck out for me too. And I, I don't, it's not something I do, but I, I, I was kind of surprised, but then I kind of also kind of second guessed myself and was like, well, why am I surprised? Like what, how did I get to that point where what I heard or what I thought I knew informed an opinion that I had like, or an assumption that I had really no idea about. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to chalk that up as a, as a successful recommendation. Yeah. I mean, I really thought it's great. It really shows me the value of having conversations that don't center just on the music. Cause I think mm. a lot of the times actually things like 
someone's sense of humor as an artist actually comes out more when you're talking about things that lend themselves to humor. Not everyone can find jokes and a source of humor within their their work and the thing that they fixate on for, you know, a large portion of their time and put their energy into. And so to have these conversations which I mean for one are just about things. I think you get an idea of someone as a human being who is funny, inquisitive or or whatever outside the context of their practice and also the way that they interface with their practice as well. I mean Zachary you mentioned about the fact that there's a lot of demystification going on here which I don't know about you but as someone who creates music is great and there's Mm. this you know oh this person also gets fatigued at 11 p.m and or you know gets frustrated or has these foibles and these things then suddenly you're like okay it's acceptable to have these in the frame of what it means to to generate music and to be an artist as well right absolutely well recommendation one a success by the sounds of it brilliant (laughs) zachary you've got our second recommendation today so if you'd like to tell us about it we'd love to hear about it yeah the podcast is called unexplained and uh the guardian called it the world's spookiest podcast um (laughs) (laughs) it's bi-weekly and it's mysterious events that are specifically still unexplained things that are still not you know definitively solved i found that really interesting just i guess from a sort of philosophical standpoint honestly because the the this sort of story in particular the the one that i recommended was about the dyatlov pass incident in russia and this sort of story makes me think about kind of the nature of mysterious deaths in a developed world and how that kind of terrifies us and intrigues us. Mm. It makes it makes me consider that it's really sort of an existential fear that there's this idea of this un- uninter- this interrupted lifespan without rational explanation, you know, where we're born, we grow up, we start careers, we start families, we get old and we die. And something that falls outside of that especially something like an unsolvable death because it's unfinished without an easy answer i think that can haunt people mm-hmm. it's not it's not just a tragedy without an answer we ask ourselves with why with all this technology do these things still sort of elude us hmm. so with all their technology are we still so small beneath you know all these stars and these planets that that mysterious and unspeakable things that can't be explained can still happen and after all these years, I mean, the idea that we'll ever know conclusively what what happened in this case seems unlikely. So I think something can emerge out of the expected framework of things and steal your life. And people never have answers for how that happened. So that'll always seem like a fundamentally open circle to people. And these people were very experienced. They were, in their minds, prepared for whatever they could encounter but there's no way to prepare for something looming out there that can't be explained. Hmm. And that's always going to be there, that, that horizon of unknowable and unsolvable. That it, It's something that's really intrigued me, and it's a theme that the few of these that I've listened to in this podcast series, it comes back, this idea that things that happen in a place stay there, and that energy lingers, and that things 
if something dramatic happens in a place, nothing really stops happening. It will continue to echo and touch lives. Hmm. And this happening in Russia, which is a place that's so haunted by its past and still reckoning with its past, I found um, being an American Southerner, this was something I could really relate to because it's the same story here. It's a it's a daily reckoning with the past here and how that relates to the present. Heavy yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, what really surprised me was the way in which this podcast kicks off, because I think it seems to tie in quite uh, strongly with what you're talking about there. The fact that it starts from the most aerial view possible, which is... The birth of the planet, which I think on the face of it seems like a strange segue into the story. But I think as you listen to the entire thing, I mean, what, what I did was listen through the, the whole thing back when you originally recommended it. And then today I went back to that first episode and the idea of, I mean, basically it seems to focus on the development of a single point on the planet as the planet is changing all the while around it. And, you know, this idea of an idea and certain premises or a history being sort of stationary and amongst this constant flux, this constant change. It, I mean, his, I think his delivery is, is quite something, actually. It seems quite plain on first listen, but there's a real precision about the way he's telling these stories that kind of oscillates between a, a, an almost impassionate police account and then also, you know, the narrative of storytelling. And mm. that creates a real tension within the story that I found really interesting. But as he delivers this introduction, it lingers with you whilst you're listening to it as well. So there's this idea that's hanging in your head about how the planet has developed and these uh, everything is evolving all the time and yet certain things uh, remain stationary and still that lingers in your head as you're hearing about these people embarking upon this journey and potentially interacting with forces that have been around for centuries and have developed and uh, you know ossified into folklore and I thought that it was really cleverly done and I really enjoyed actually listening to this first episode and I really brought me back into the headspace that I was in when I first listened to it and nothing happens really in that first episode that feels particularly spooky or unusual but there's something developing there where an unease is starting to enter the frame I mean that's partly due to the music which actually is really cool um the different musical themes that are used throughout just threaded under the voice and then are changed up as they enter different passages of the story I thought were great and I also loved how in true spirit of the podcast and perhaps I should have expected from the title a lot of details are dropped in about like I say, folklore, history, certain narrative details that result seem to resolve quite quickly, but also just leaves these little question marks in amongst the story. There's these threads that almost seem to go somewhere, but he doesn't over-explain them or hypothesize too much. He just leaves them there, and then you are responsible for tying a lot of stuff together. And perhaps I should have expected feeling almost quite primarily dissatisfied with the end and not having an explanation but it's for that reason that actually this podcast really 
burned a hole in my brain for a while and really left itself with me as I tried to reconcile those pieces together. Um, I mean, Freddie, I know that you had an experience with this podcast initially, which ended perhaps prematurely because <laughs> you listened at the wrong time. I should preface this with the fact that <laughs> I deal very badly with things that are unexplained. Uh, <laughs> not to say that I didn't appreciate and really, really enjoy this podcast because it's wonderful. Um, but it shook me to my very core in that I am the kind of person that enjoys magic because I know that there is a logical explanation behind magic and 99 times out of 100 Reddit has it. Um, <laughs> but I actually ended up listening to the complete... I listened to the right episode, but in the wrong season at first. Um, <laughs> and uh, it, it freaked me out to a point where I uh, had to uh, stop listening, uh, which was which was ridiculous um, on many levels. But I, I, it was, it, I think it speaks to how good this podcast is in that I have never been in a situation before where I've had to switch something off because it scared me. And once I'd got over that and actually found the correct episode and season that you'd, you'd recommended, I really, really enjoyed it. I think um, one of the things that hasn't come up yet, but I, I'm, I'm sure you, you'll both agree on, is that like the level of detail... And the level of research that seems to go into the writing of these episodes mm. is is just yeah. phenomenal. And I think, like, if that didn't exist, then they just wouldn't hold the same kind of... Um, they wouldn't hold my attention in the same way. And I don't think they'd hold the same kind of power uh, as, the, as these stories do. Um, you know, for something that happened in, you know, the late 50s, the level of detail that... that um that comes out of this this story in particular is so good and, and i i could see it in a way that i think a lot of podcasts miss when they're when they're doing this kind of um this kind of storytelling yeah. that they forget that there's a lot of detail that's maybe people would think it's mundane or or, or superfluous but it's not it's it's what makes the thing real um and I think that's super important on on something like this, where we're talking about stuff that you know is is like you say it's unexplained, and and if you if you don't ground that in some kind of reality, because it just feels like it could be made up, and 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 it certainly doesn't. That's what's <laughs> great about it. I think the level of detail that, that that this podcast kind of explores means that these stories that would may otherwise seem like complete works of fiction are clearly very real and i think that's what makes it so arresting and and for me for people like me who are just i don't know wimps to be honest um it's uh <laughs> it's it's brilliantly terrifying yeah i mean one thing i wanted to ask about because actually i recall that when i interviewed you zachary for my experimental music website you talked about the fact that you're interested in things like technology that was perceived to be obsolete like uh, antique instruments uh, and also in abandoned places and lost geography and i wonder if there's any tie-in with that and your interest in this podcast in that there are these there's almost these anomalies uh, or divergences in like space-time that are being highlighted uh, <laughs> through this podcast oh i can totally see that um i i think you know so somewhere like 
you know, America, somewhere like especially the more rural parts and, and even some of the more faded industrial sort of areas, um, there, there's a sense of simultaneously of, of age and still newness. There, there's this, this very particular American way of papering over any sense of age with, with this new sort of plastic sheen and what what still kind of lingers in the background is, is this sort of atmosphere, this this kind of all pervasive dread of the weight of history there that can't be really eradicated so easily. And I think it's something that just you know fascinates me, whether it be you know the fact that I I grew up in New England and now I'm in a very different you know historical context where I live now, um, being in Memphis, it's, it's just an interesting thing to see the interaction of the geography with the older spaces versus the new. And people are very big on the idea of moving forward and some sort of quote unquote progress in this country. And they tend to, to look away from the past, but Hmm. it's not really something that can be dislodged i guess so easily that's not quite the right term but you know in my personal life i've i've had experiences i can't explain and i I guess it's really colored my own approach to art and creation and just that to me there's always been a sense around me that there is more than just this surface world we've created there is something else underneath at work so I, I guess a podcast like this and these sort of stories really, really touch on, I guess, kind of where where I feel like those veils kind of wear thin, where there's more, there's less of a barrier between the surface and what's beneath it. Yeah, I think it's amazing we're having these kind of conversations on these topics on the back of this podcast, because actually when you first recommended it, I wasn't sure what to expect, but... I think I have, as someone who doesn't interact with this genre of podcast that much, a sense that there is an escapism to it. I didn't expect to feel this, like, throttling present tense pertinence with this show. I mean, what was really striking, I thought, in that episode Under the Asphalt, which I I listened to after Freddie said it's the wrong episode, but listened to it anyway, um, was that it ends by drawing this parallel between um, the nomadic nature of ghosts, but then also seems to trace out a sort of analogy to humans being displaced in society. And to a certain extent, perhaps there was a, a, a sort of colonial energy to it, to what was being said. Uh, also made me think of gentrification. It was kept vague enough that I think you could implant your own sense of what it meant to you onto the scenario. But the fact that he ties it in so deftly into something that you know starts as this account of a historical event and ends feeling like it's got its tendrils in your present day, I think is really masterful and made this podcast super powerful for me it's very forensic the approach which which i Mm. appreciate you know take taking it out of the context of just being another sort of campfire story and giving it the sort of curatorial respect it deserves and going over it 
you know, in a very methodical, detailed fashion. Mm-hmm. I guess some people might be, um, as you said, might find that mundane, but that to me, you know, brings the reality of it. That really brings it home. We've got one more recommendation, and that is mine. And this is a podcast called Lost Notes. So Lost Notes is a podcast from KCR described as an anthology of some of the greatest music stories never truly told. So the episode that first got me into this was the one on Captain Beefheart, who is someone that I had a real phase with Beefheart about four or five years ago, where I listened to most of his albums quite a lot. Um, much to the annoyance of a lot of people who have to share company with me. (laughs) But what I really enjoyed about this podcast is that I've, in the meantime, I've read a lot of stuff about Beefheart. I've listened and watched a lot of documentary stuff about Beefheart. And often there's a lot of uh, from the outside looking in. And a lot of that tends to consist of the fact that Beefheart is crazy. Beefheart is wild. And, uh, I mean, for anyone who's who's not familiar, Captain Beefheart uh, is a musician who came to prominence in the 60s, uh, was very much in blues to begin with, but then sprawled out across all manner of different genres, but jammed together free improvisation, jazz, spoken word, and a lot of different stuff into the same frame. And so there is this dialogue around Beefheart which seems to fixate on his absurd kooky ways and what I liked about Lost Notes is that the story is essentially told through these conversations that Beefheart had with a journalist called Christine McKenna who spent a lot of time with Beefheart and ended up becoming a close friend And so she has these archival tapes of her speaking with Beefheart. And again, it almost comes round to this Midnight Chats podcast that we spoke about earlier. But these conversations were not about music. They were about Beefheart's thoughts, about his philosophies, about his ideologies. Uh, Also just about him in daily life, how he interacted with his wife, which was basically just yelling at her from one room while she was stood in another room from what I picked up. But um, I just got such a much more complex picture of Beefheart through this. And I think it, again, it's something that really fleshes out my thoughts on how he draws those creative connections that he does to generate the music that he does. I think it's really highlights the fact that a lot of the narrative around him is a a dismissal really like a failure to understand and I think this podcast actually tries to understand by getting someone on board who does understand him um my favorite bit of this episode is where he's doing a phone-in interview we've just uh, been joined by another guest which is a cat so bear with everyone my favorite part of this episode is Beefheart's doing a phone-in And you get these questions fired at him from people who have called up to ask him about stuff. And you just get these little quickfire nuggets of his brain and how it works. And just these moments of, like, ingenious comedy. Um, So, I love this. There's also another episode on the Shags, which I wasn't really familiar with before this podcast. But... My goodness, like, that is an incredible episode as well. They have a a very 
complicated uh, turbulent past as a band the music is unreal um so i really got into a, a, a shags phase after listening to that episode as well so yeah I, I find it to be a really intriguing podcast um zachary what do you think the shags that's interesting just because um i guess i kind of put the shags and beefheart kind of in that category of something that's almost beyond critical evaluation right something yeah yeah something something that it's beyond whether it's good or bad. It's just in itself. Yes. And I very much love the shags. Certainly not for uh, not for everybody. No. <laughs> <laughs> At least once a year, I try to get into Beefheart, and I have always failed. Um, <laughs> it feels on paper like music I should like, considering my other tastes, but it's just never clicked for me. What albums have you tried? Um, mostly, mostly Trout Mask. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I love challenging music, uh, obviously. I'll never understand why people don't find metal machine music to be absolutely beautiful like I do. Yeah. But, but Beefheart, for some reason, it, and, and I think it touches on, on a kind of, um, very sort of inherent, like, dislike for, a very specific sort of 60s unorthodox anti-establishment sort of persona. What, what I'm trying to say is I feel like it's um, it's more of a personal block than anything to do with the music. Hmm. It's it's something that I admire, but I can't really feel. But I've, I've consistently felt bad about my lack of ability <laughs> to get into Captain Beefheart. Um so maybe maybe someday, maybe one day it'll finally click for me. But at 34, I'm kind of losing hope. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, and what did you think? It's it's interesting then, I guess, to um, come into this podcast episode with that frame around it. Um, what did you make mm. of Lost Notes? Well, I enjoyed the the format of the podcast definitely. Um, I like that there wasn't a lot of um, narration, that it was really just kind of listening in to recordings. Um, that's certainly not what I expected going into it. I, I'm always the kind of person where I, I prefer the documentaries that are less interview-based and more just actual footage and recordings. So, so that certainly appealed to me. I will say that the way that, um, the way that Beefheart talks... The way, his, the way his personality seems to be, having listened to the music and not having connected with it, I can still say none of it really surprised me, necessarily. <laughs> He's pretty much what I imagined he would he would be like, hmm. for better or worse. So, <laughs> it's an interesting contrast to the Gold Panda interview, certainly. <laughs> um, where, whereas that dude, you know seem to carry very little um calculated weirdness or pretension i guess not not to slay your your sacred cow here too much <laughs> slay away <laughs> i i guess i sort of balk at, at the idea that when it seems as if sometimes interviewers adopt this idea when they're interviewing someone like Beefheart of like oh they they feel the world deeper than quote unquote other people hmm. and i've always viewed um 
creating art, I guess, more like somebody like Ephraim Menick does, that it's labor, you know, that it's not exalted, that it's more just toil, and that the result of that is the genius rather than the person themselves. Hmm. I guess I kind of instinctively kick at anything that seems like a sort of stagey eccentricity. So, (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, no, his persona did not surprise me a bit. And I, I guess I find um, I find that the approaches to certain artwork and personas really interesting and arbitrary, and how some is celebrated and some isn't. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I absolutely love Alex Chilton's solo albums, and yeah, I live in Memphis. But long before I ever even thought about Memphis consciously, let alone moving here, his first solo album, which is called "Like Flies on Sherbert." Um, I've always loved this album and thought that it was an absolute masterwork of studio experimentation. And it is critically just reviled. Everybody loathes this <laughs> album. Um, so I guess, you know, for me, it, it just it comes down to perception. I look at Trout Mask Replica and don't understand why that's celebrated while like Flies on Sherbert is pretty much dismissed when there's a lot of similarities to me. Hmm. But that's, you know, that that's all on a tangent outside of the podcast itself. I I enjoyed the podcast itself, despite the fact that I enjoyed the podcast so much, despite not being a fan of the subject should say a lot. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Freddie, what about you? I mean, have you listened to much beef art prior to this? I think mainly via you, Jack. <laughs> Um, and that's not that's not that's not to 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 pass judgment on 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 Beefheart as a musician or as an artist um i i found i found the times that i i did listen to to his music um i think i bought you a copy of Saver's milk at one point yeah yeah um i think i think i just found it really fascinating and really really interesting i i didn't i wouldn't say i warmed to it as something that i feel like i would regularly revisit but i i i enjoyed it on a level that there was there was enough for me to to to, to try and get my head round that i i found it interesting in in the sense that it was a kind of like mental endeavor to keep up with it um <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, again you know it's one of these podcasts where Zachary I think you're right to draw the the kind of comparison between um uh, the kind of the chilled out and and quite removed nature of Gold Panda versus Captain Beefheart who very much embodies uh, his music um but it was really interesting to just uh, again look at the person behind the work and in this case yeah the, there's there is a real distinct similarity between the person and the work um but to me that was also just as interesting um and i i loved the podcast as a whole i, I loved uh the, the the use of kind of archival tapes uh, to to tell the story uh, rather than just having third person accounts mm-hmm. um which i think happens quite a lot especially in in the case of people recounting tales of people who've passed i think i think it's nice to to, to listen to to those tapes kind of in their unedited raw format and hear the conversation as it was probably never intended to be broadcast i mean when you go back to when these things were recorded i doubt they were recorded for the purpose of rebroadcasting them in any way shape or form and Mm. and and that kind of 
gives it a different feel to something where you know you know that you're sitting down and talking on record in a way that will be broadcast as audio or or or, or as film um so i really really enjoyed that it made me kind of sad for the state of uh, music journalism in that there aren't people these days who are paid uh, well enough or given enough freedom to uh, make friends with with artists and make <laughs> friends but I think that's actually true for most journalism people people don't have the time or the or the money behind them to, to just go off and befriend people and hang out with them and catch them off guard um, I think most of this stuff these days is is done off the back of uh, uh, a promo tour and uh, you know a twenty minute interview slot in a hotel room that's been presided over by a PR person. Certainly in terms of big stuff, mm-hmm. um, and I think that this this kind of goes back to a a slightly different era when those things were present, but they weren't necessarily the way that people can constructed their their stories and constructed their kind of understandings of of artists there's no more hunter thompson's out there that are right yeah exactly (laughs) um yeah exactly that i but i yeah i really really enjoyed the podcast um i haven't listened to any other episodes yet so clearly there's there's going to be some that I'm going to enjoy. Yeah, the, the Shags one. Damn, definitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, really interesting points raised. I think what I'm getting from this analysis is, I mean, I agree with you both in the fact that letting the audio talk, I think, is really interesting. I think there is often something really disappointing when some perfectly interesting and intriguing audio is funneled through a subjective meaning of a journalist who really wants to make the audio leap out at you in a very patronizing way and when the audio is enough i think there's a real uh skill in knowing that and then leaving the audio to talk um zachary i find it so interesting to hear as well your perspectives on the reverie of certain art over others Uh, and uh, obviously that's something that enters my head a lot while writing music reviews and encountering albums that are ridiculously good and yet for some reason do not have the air of uh, acceptability around the fact that they are revered they are for some reason nobody agrees <laughs> they don't yeah. have this you know they, they don't carry uh, catch the momentum necessary in order to turn into culturally significant works and i'm very aware that beefheart is someone uh into whom i've probably entered his hype i feel like i have a genuine connection with his music but i'm also at the same time very aware of the fact that there is this perception around him that he is something more than man which is utterly problematic i think but yeah i mean an interesting podcast an interesting discussion as always i love interesting discussions on episode party i mean Zachary, I mean, what, what's your relationship like with podcasts generally? I mean, when do they feature into your day? And what kind of utility do podcasts hold within your within your life? I mean, it's something I really need to dive deeper into. It's it's something that I don't make enough time for. And I know that there's a this whole complex, magical world of them out there. And I just haven't really tapped into it enough. I guess my ideas about 
technology kind of carry over into the fact that I don't really own the best technology myself. <laughs> um, like my phone does not have space for any sort of apps whatsoever um, and such. But I, I tend to listen to other people's music the most when I'm in the car and I'm not in the car as much as I like because um, I do music full time. So I work from home. So I guess the time that I have is really limited, but um, I, I guess I find that when I do listen to podcast stuff, it tends to be a lot of the spookier stuff. I guess it's just who I am. It makes me <laughs> it makes me seem like a very uh, goth, like, you know, listening to like <laughs> Susie and the Banshees or whatever kind of personality. But I don't know, I guess I'm pretty average otherwise, but just. Something about that stuff really appeals to me, and right now we're heading into October, so you know it's certainly <laughs> the right time for it. Um, I did used to listen to a Welcome to Night Vale a lot, but yeah. after a while, it kind of occurred to me that it was kind of just one joke. So, <laughs> <laughs> isn't this town spooky? So, uh, yeah, haven't kept up with it in a while. But yeah, usually true crime stuff or supernatural stuff. Well, it's been wonderful to have you on and have someone who clearly has a real understanding and a, a kinship with these kind of podcasts. I think I feel like I'm coming into them as an outsider. So to have you take me by the hand and guide me into these podcasts, Zachary, has been yes. valuable. Um, if people want to check out what you're up to in terms of music, obviously you, you make music as the wonderful non-conner who you know i've enjoyed relentlessly <laughs> um as long as well as uh, lost trail as well prior to that so if people want to check out your music or connect with you is there a best place for them to go to do that uh probably the Bandcamp. it's nonkana or death.bandcamp.com and nonkana is spelled n-o-n-c-o-n-n-a-h we will put a link into the show notes as well if people want to go there and we will also put links to our own socials and web links. Freddie, whereabouts are they found? Um, yeah, if you if you want to find us, uh, we are at www.episode.party where you'll find all the show notes, uh, the link to the non-conner band camp. Um, you can also find us on Twitter. We are at episode underscore party. Great. Well, Zachary, thank you so much. This has been wonderful. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. It's been fun. Great. And to everyone else, we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Hi, it's Jack again. Thank you so much for listening to Episode Party. If you've been enjoying the show, please give us a rating and review on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. It would mean a lot. Thank you so much. Goodbye.